Aramai. Good morning. This is Judith Lay welcoming you to Manx Radio and to the podcast of this week's edition of At Your Service. Manx Radio. Loving sidecar racing and loving the Lord. The man who makes these two passions into a very active ministry is giving our programme a topical TT flavour today. We're going to listen again to the racing preacher, Andrew Haynes, and as he has a real heart for the well-being of others, a hymn about service would seem to be a good way to start our programme. It was at the TT five years ago that I first met Andrew Haynes, who's also known as the racing preacher. Andrew's skill is as a sidecar passenger, and 2019 was only his second TT with driver John Shipley. And he is also a Methodist local preacher, and we sat on the tailgate of his van with all the activity of the paddock going on around us so that I could discover the story of the racing preacher. My first question was, which came first? The racing or the preaching? Oh, it was most definitely the preaching. That definitely came first. So uh, I followed a, a bit of a calling through and I was very nearly an Anglican minister, but met a lovely Methodist girl and ended up getting married to her. <laughs> and she's now gone on to be the Methodist minister. 
So uh, always been the preaching first. So let's do a little bit of your faith story. Did yeah. you grow up in a faith-filled household, Andy? Not really, and that's not meant as any sort of slight to my parents at all. Quite simply, my mum's from Northern Ireland, a Northern Ireland Catholic. Uh, came over to England in the 60s, met and married an Englishman. And when we were younger, uh, we was taken to Catholic Sunday School, which was run by my French teacher from school. So immediately, really excited on a Sunday morning to then go to a Sunday school run by one of your teachers. So I pestered my mum so that I could go to the local Anglican Sunday School because it was bigger than all my mates went. I went to that, ended up joining the choir of the local church, two services a day, two choir practices a week. Then from that, joined the youth group associated with that church. And then from that, found that quite a lot of the girls from the youth group went to something called Connections on a Sunday evening, which was forming connections with God. So I followed the girls to the Sunday evening youth group, found two things, my first love, and also really found faith. That first love didn't last, but love for Jesus did. And and there we are, really. Andy, it's a great story, and I love to ask people about their faith journey because it can be just a chance meeting, it can be just a youth group, it can be a a Sunday school outing that you get invited to. Oh, gosh, yes, and certainly um, that's sort of how I very much met my wife through that sort of chance or God incidents rather than coincidences, sometimes people say, in that um, a friend, actually her ex-boyfriend, was part of a Christian rock group that we used to do services together. So I would preach and do the talky bits and my other friends would play the music. And the long and short of it was, as part of the youth ministry degree my wife was doing, she needed to do some voluntary work in a secular environment. I was helping run a day centre for the homeless at the time. So she came and volunteered for me at the start of the week and by the end of the week I was wanting to volunteer for her as a husband ultimately and that's how we met and literally Louisa and I met and within four days she proposed to me and and I said yes and that was 16 years ago and I was very close to going on the Anglican Selection Conference for the weekend too and everybody's saying you're a shoo-in to be a minister however I went to the meeting on the Monday before the weekend bounced through the door and said to the guy supporting me met this wonderful Methodist girl I'm going to marry and he said you know what go away and be a husband just become a couple become a husband and if God calls you back to this then he will and I was fine with that I said this to Louisa she was really bothered by the fact that her coming into my life had taken me away from my call to ministry. My instant reply, and I know it was the spirit that that put the words there, was quite simply, well, maybe my role in ministry is supporting you in yours. So that's clearly where God's taken our lives. With our kids, we're very much bringing them up, just quite simply, do the best that you can and just be a positive contribution in the world. Of course, we want them to do well at school and we try our best to help them. But equally as well, we're always saying to them, just do the best that you can. And if the best that you can is four out of ten in your spelling tests, fine. You know, yes, let's try and help you make sure that that is the best that you can do. But fine, not everybody's gifted at spelling. And if you're going to go off to university or whatever, as everybody likes to think that's the career path, fine. But if it's not, there are very valuable people in the world who do all sorts of roles. So just do the best that you can is that is our motto, really. Are they interested in your preaching and, and, and the spiritual side of you and your wife's life? Increasingly so, yes, because they're 13 and 10, Samuel's 13 and Esther's 10. And they're both very aware that the reason they have those names 
Samuel, the story in the Bible that he hears God calling and realises it's God's call. We have a special prayer that we do each night with him that recognises that. And the same with Esther, that she bravely stood up at great personal risk and stood for the right things. So, so we sort of link clearly the reminded of that. Not every day, because they're kids, lets them be the kids. But I'm very keen and conscious that we want them to grow and develop their own faith not the faith of their parents so that they really grow from that which is what we, we really hope for them. I the Lord of sea and sky I have heard my people cry all who dwell in dark and sin my hand will save I who made the stars of night I will make their darkness bright who will bear my light to them whom shall I send here I My special guest this morning is TT competitor, sidecar passenger Andy Haynes. So far, we've heard about Andy's faith life, his openness to listen for and trust in God's plan for him that's led him to marriage to Louisa and the arrival of their two children, Esther and Samuel. Andy is already a Methodist local preacher, so I think at this point we do need to find out about the racing connection. Well, quite simply, I've always liked bikes, motorbikes. Um, I used to have to walk to school, and I had to walk past a motorbike shop, Wiley in Holland, motorbikes in Market Drayton in Shropshire, and always loved stopping and seeing the bikes, then joined the local motorcycle club. Didn't have a bike, but managed enough money to buy a helmet, so I got to ride on the back of lots of bikes. Went to a race meeting, saw a sidecar race at that meeting, and always thought, I fancy having a go at that. But not the driving bit, the passenger bit. And then girls and life and work and other adrenaline-fueled hobbies just happened. And then for my 40th, I came over here to watch the TT. Got talking to a guy in a hedge, as you often do here. Turns out he's a sidecar passenger. And I said, I'd love a go at that, but I don't know whether I'd be any good or if I'd like it. And he said, you seem to have the right approach of it's not just bravado. Um, He gave me a website. Through that, got in touch with a couple of people. Before you knew it, I was sat on a sidecar and found reasonably quickly reasonably straight away one I enjoyed it and two I was reasonably okay at it and then I've just learned and gone from there the bit I very much enjoy about passengering is getting the sidecar to do what the driver wants so if the driver's confident 
and isn't having to think at all about the passenger that's that's where you want to be because so the driver can just focus entirely on driving the thing and i enjoy just sort of feeling what the sidecar is doing even your hands and your feet and any bit of body that's in touch with the sidecar you can sort of see how it's handling and i can adjust my weight to deal with that and then it's especially important round here whereas on a racetrack if you run a little bit wide there's rumble strips or, or grass here there, there isn't that so i quite enjoy the okay it's going to be bumpy through here so a little move over here can just help keep the sidecar more flat and those sorts of things passengers will always say sometimes drivers are funny beasts because very much they've got to steer and control it so my driver thinks a lot about things but doesn't overthink things so you're going to give him some space to think but equally as well then know the right moment to just talk to him about little bits about the bike or the suspension setup or and we'll do some laps together and he'll be talking about well I need to do this here and it's a bit bumpy there and I go okay well what I'm normally doing here is this so I'm sat there sometimes thinking right well if he's saying it's a bit bumpy and a bit skittish here then I can think right well I'll just move a bit more there which should help settle the bike and then quite often what we'll do is maybe do that on three or four points of the course because it's a big course then we think right those three or four points we're better at now so next time we go out and drive a lap together in the van we'll look at another three or four points so if we do four or five of those that's 20 25 points of the course that we're we're starting to iron out together it is a lot of work it isn't just even the official practice sessions as you say it's the times that you spend going around the course and talking about it together you race with a very obvious christian presence you have the cross on your leathers yes yes the the uh, bible verse that i have is acts 20 24 which is however i consider my life worth nothing which is always a bit amusing people say in sidecars um, however i consider my life worth nothing my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the lord has given me that of testifying the good news of Jesus Christ. Do people talk to you about it, Andrew? <clears throat> yes, yes. Sometimes they can start with, it's unfair if you pray to try and win. And, and I always sort of quit back, well, only if you believe it works then. And that usually gets it, no, 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 I didn't quite mean it like that. But <laughs> yes, there's a lot of sort of banter and Mickey taking with it. But equally as well, there's a lot of respect in that too, that people see that I take the same risks. I'm often certainly on the classic bikes right at the front lap record pace so they can see that you know yes i have that faith but equally as well i have the same joys and frustrations and take the same risks as as everybody else i'm not in your face with any of it at all but people do christians who see it say are you a christian i say well it's a bit obvious you've got a cross and a bible verse on you yes whereas other races will say do you believe in any of that stuff and I like a bit of banter with people and I like to think I've got a bit of a sense of humour and we have a laugh. But people will say, see, do you believe in that sort of stuff? And I go, yeah. And so it just often just opens into natural conversations and you'll be walking along maybe just to the toilets or something and someone will walk alongside you as you're about and they'll go, can you just have a, you know, a quick word upstairs for us? Yeah, of course I will. You know, and I never make a fuss about any of that. I'd like to think that just by being an approachable person, people, if they felt, to do that and certainly I put out on social media that look if you want a prayer or a blessing or something like that just let me know and whilst I might put what I eat on social media and pictures of food or toast or, or daft stuff like that but equally as well I put on the post that look discretion's assured so yeah four or five people did send me private little messages and say I know such and such is there or we're also competing could you just pray for us and sometimes it'll often be I don't believe in any of that stuff but to know that there's a bunch of other people praying for me or just holding 
me in their thoughts or my family whilst I'm racing in the, their thoughts makes them just feel a bit more comfortable. So, yeah. How does your wife feel about you doing this, Andy? She's not a fan of the racing at all. However, what she would say if she was here, and I never make any secret of it, she would say, I wish he wouldn't race and I don't want him to race. I've had a couple of accidents and obviously that raises the anxiety stakes up even more. But she would say, I love him and I love him that much. I'm not going to stand in his way and stop him doing something that he clearly likes. Do I fully support him in it? No, because I want him to stop. But equally as well, I'm not going to stand in his way so I make no secret of, of that. Talking to you I get the increasing sense that when you think it's time to stop you will know and you will obey that. Yes very much so and that's how the whole racing preacher thing came in in that um, I've been racing for a year or two just just as plain old Andy Haynes and uh, I was feeling on a particular Sunday afternoon feeling a bit lonely and it was the end of the season and I thought is it just end of the season blues and I thought no it's not there was something spiritual going on I knew it was and I stopped at the track before I left and just stopped in my car and just had a little pray which was why am I feeling a bit empty and it quite simply was you'd love it if God just spoke to you um, like he does in uh, in heaven almighty or something like that and there was just an overwhelming sense of you're missing your Christian family because you're a lot of the races on a Sunday. So I'm just missing being in church. And my prayer then was, God, well, if I need to stop doing this, I'll stop doing it. And I'd, I'd wish the answer was no, carry on or yes, stop. But there was a overriding sense of if you're going to carry on doing it, do something with it. I thought, oh, what's that mean? And then over the winter, that's where the whole I could racing preacher. Ah, and then the Bible verse came to me through a spirit-inspired moment. I thought, right, okay, now I'll carry on doing that. And that's just sort of how it sort of evolved into that. And it wasn't that I thought, oh, I've got a particular ministry to do in the sidecar paddock. No, 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 not at all. It was just, let me just stick on the back the racing preacher, have a bit of fun with it. Are you Christian then? Yeah. All right. And I often have a phrase, which is, if I wasn't on my knees on a sidecar on a Sunday morning racing it, I'm on my knees in church on a Sunday morning. And that's true. Every Sunday, I'm either racing or in church. I will go, Lord, if you lead me. I will hold your people in my I, the Lord of snow and rain, I have borne my people's pain. I have wept for love of them. They turn away. I will break their hearts of stone, give them hearts for love alone. I will speak my word to them Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord Is it I, Lord? I have heard you I will go 
Thank you to my special guest today, bringing the spirit of the TT to the programme, the racing preacher Andy Haynes, talking to me in 2019. Andy made a short visit to the island last year when racing resumed after the pandemic, but not to compete in the TT, just to take part in the pre-TT Classic. Andy explained that he wanted to be back home to support his son Samuel, who'd be taking his GCSEs at the same time as last year's TT but we did have time for a quick chat and a catch-up. By the summer of last year, Andy's wife Louisa had completed her training as a Methodist minister. Yes, in uh, 2020, she finished training as a Methodist minister. And that involved us, in the middle of a pandemic, relocating from Birmingham to Hull. So yes, she's just coming up to two years now as uh, a Methodist minister, which has been a fantastic journey for us all, really. We knew nobody when we moved for obvious reasons, moving a couple of hundred miles. So certainly um, Louisa probably spent the first six, nine months just meeting people on Zoom. And, you know, a lot of people went home, as we say, with the pandemic and uh, sadly lost their lives as a result of that. So Louisa, at the start of her ministry journey, spent a lot of times doing funerals. Equally as well, it was a good opportunity to walk with people and meet them at difficult times. And Louise has got two churches, one in Willoughby and one at Derringham Bank, and certainly the Derringham Bank one is a bit more challenging for her in terms of the area that it's in, but there's some fantastic work going on from it, and certainly it's good to see the church being a good positive presence you know, in the community. I mean, I've always been passionate that. You've got to be out there and walking with people. There's no point standing there and shouting to people, come here. You've got to go and meet 
meet them where they're at and journey with them for a bit. And when you do, then you can minister, you can support them. And sometimes their journey will follow a path to the Lord. Sometimes it won't, but they'll very much remember those moments that you walked alongside them. And I love the quotes, you know, that go out and preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. And that is something that I try and very much live by as well. How fascinated are the people of Hull by the fact that you are a, a legitimate TT competitor? How <laughs> fascinated are they? Certainly it's been interesting when we came, because I'm a, a local preacher within the Methodist Church. I didn't volunteer to preach when I arrived. It's very much Louisa's church, she's, so I wanted her to establish some space. So after two years, and um, I did go on the plan, which is the Methodist version of going around preaching and taking services, and I was invited to preach as the racing preacher. So I got the opportunity to share what I do and, and why and how I do it but then after the service as often happens people come up and stories start to come out of, of people that used to come to the TT in the 60s and watch things so it's a good conversation starter. I always say that um, yes I'm all over Facebook and social media as, as an individual you get what I'm having on my toast through to Bible verses or things that I'm praying for you get all that but then equally as well you get a race report and some of the bits that we struggled with or things that have gone really well and then sometimes things happen you know in the road racing side of things and certainly I've had messages where people have got in touch and said oh I've got an operation in a couple of days could you just say a word or they'll get in touch and say just have a word for me Andy and that's all that people very quietly say so I I do a lot more from the I hesitate to call it ministry but those of us in the religious world would call it ministry so I do a lot more than people know about but that's quite appropriate.
author, racing preacher Andy Haynes. Andy is sidecar passenger with driver Greg Lambert this year and congratulations to them both for their eighth place finish in yesterday's Sidecar One race. We wish them safety in all that lies ahead for them in this year's TT Festival. And now it's time to take a look at our notice board. And first, a reminder if you're planning to go to this morning's service at St Andrew's United Reformed Church on Glen Crutchery Road here in Douglas. It'll start half an hour earlier than usual at half past ten, as the roads are closing today at half past twelve. The preacher is the minister, Reverend Dawn Mather, and everyone is very welcome. If you'd like to get away from the racing today, there's an invitation to head to the West Coast, where there'll be Mad Sunday TTTs in Dolby schoolrooms. Hot and cold home-cooked food, including soups, baps and afternoon teas, are available now until four o'clock this afternoon. Everyone's welcome to come and sit in the garden, enjoy the sun and the beautiful views. Proceeds after costs will be divided between St James's chosen charities for this year, Arlo's Adventure, Hands of Hope and the Dolby Church Restoration Fund. And the TT cafes are back. The Balaf TT Cafe in the Community Hall on Station Road, just a short distance from Balaf Bridge, is open now and will be open daily up to and including Friday, June the 9th, from 9am to half past four, serving hot and cold food and drinks, homemade cakes and freshly cooked all-day breakfasts. The TT Cafe in the Parish Hall in Bride will be open each day from tomorrow, June the 5th, to June the 9th, from 11am to 5pm. And St Jude's Food is back too at Tiny Gelgi, the old schoolhouse just across the road from St Jude's Church. St Jude's Food will be served from tomorrow, June the 5th, to June the 9th, from 11am until 4pm each day, offering salads, baps, quiches, pies and cakes and hot and cold drinks. Selby Methodist Church at the crossroads in Selby Village will also be serving food on all the race days this week, starting with a barbecue in the church gardens today at half past 11. The Abbey Church in Balasala have a TT cafe just for two days, tomorrow, Monday the 5th and Tuesday the 6th, from 9 in the morning till half past 2 in the afternoon. And that's all that we have time for now. But I'll be back tonight at 9 o'clock for sundown. A mix of easy listening music and a bit of nostalgia to round off your day. I'd love you to join me if you can. And so, till whenever we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for listening and I wish you and those you love a blessed and happy week. To everyone in any way involved in the TT Festival, a safe and satisfying week. And to everyone, a very good morning. The Nation Station Manx Ray